Being a chef means keeping your cool in the kitchen. And with Resi Priority Notify and Global Dining Access through my Amex Platinum card, right this way, it's nice to try someone else's food for a change. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. The 2024 presidential campaign features two candidates who are very well known to Americans. And yet, there's complexity at every turn. Criminal trials for one of those candidates. Young voters who are angry. The Campaign Moment podcast from The Washington Post gives you what matters. I'm Aaron Blake, and I'm covering my 10th election cycle. My colleagues and I have insights that you won't find anywhere else. So follow the Campaign Moment right now, wherever you're listening. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. MTV's official Challenge podcast is back for another season. And so are we. I'm Tori Deal. And I'm Anissa Ferreira. The wait is over, guys. All Stars 4 is finally here. And this season takes it to a whole new level. Old school legends, modern power players, and ex-lovers are all competing in Cape Town, South Africa for the prize of $300,000. And we're going to be right here along with you fans covering every episode on the podcast. Listen to MTV's official challenge podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. They are Sports Illustrated. It's amazing. This incredible body of work. I really appreciate the integrity. Everything you do is well done. You guys do a great job. We love it. What can we say? He's Chris Maddox. Because... We've got a little bit of a different episode. He's employed by Sports you, Illustrated. Uh, for this week's show. The announcer's got it in for me. Right this now is the Crossover NBA Podcast. You have a problem with it? Build a team that can beat them. Hosted by the one and only. Oh, thank God. Thank God. Chris Mannix. Andy Ruiz rematch that is in Riyadh, Saudi Arabia. I'm sitting in my hotel room right now in Saudi Arabia. So it makes it a little bit more difficult to do a traditional uh, NBA podcast, but I have been meaning to do a mailbag type podcast for a while, so this is as good a time as any to jump right into that. So we've solicited some of your questions on Twitter. Some of you sent in questions to me via e- uh, email. We'll answer a few of them right here, and uh, that will be this week's show. So let's jump right in. Uh, we're going to start with the Lakers. Got a few of these emails and and tweets, and we'll go with Steven in Long Beach. Still think the Lakers are going to miss the playoffs. All right, so let's first address why this type of tweet is out there and what I actually said. Because like all things on social media, this has been cannibalized and twisted in several different ways. So first off, here is the clip from Dan Patrick's show in September. September, which includes the question that he asked and my answer. So the odds are better that they miss the playoffs than they win the championship. I would say so, yes. Wow. Okay. All right. Well, I mean, look, first of all, the, the add Davis is, is great. Right? Like, that's, you stipulate to that. But once again, there are more questions with this team. I'll put it this way. I think there are more, there's more pathways for this team to kind of fall apart than there are for it to come together. I mean, they have 
enormous questions with the roster in terms of how all these pieces fit together. All right, so if you were out there in September fully believing the Lakers were a championship-level team, you were either lying or deep in the weeds Laker fan, just a, a diehard, true purple and gold Laker fan. Simple as that. This was a team with two great players in LeBron and AD, but with a patchwork roster that as of like the first week in July had three players and a coach who was the third choice of the front office. Now, to be clear, as you just heard, I did not say the Lakers were going to miss the playoffs. I said it was more likely, given what we knew, that they missed the playoffs than win a championship in September. And I believe that in September. But what have we learned since then? We learned that LeBron is still LeBron, right? Maybe even the best version of LeBron since we have seen him in Miami. I think he's been that good. He is still otherworldly offensively, but he is defending right now at the highest level I have seen in years. And and he knows it. Listen to this interaction last month, late last month, between LeBron and a referee. I haven't grabbed him before. I know you get ball. How do you grab him on his hip? I know, you, I, know you, I know you've been reading and saying I ain't been playing defense in the last couple of years, but it's a new year. So, it's never come out of my mouth. Ball has never come out of my mouth. Now, when LeBron plays defense like this, he is the most dangerous player in basketball, period. And he is playing really good defense right now. Anthony Davis, he's great. We knew that, right? I mean, last year was such a mess. We all knew Davis would get back to his MVP level. It's only a matter of changing circumstances and getting that New Orleans stuff away from him. He was always going to be destined to play like this. The shoulder stuff worries me a little bit. I'll get into that, uh, into that a little bit more. Uh, later on, but Anthony Davis has been as advertised for the Lakers. Now, here are some of the things that we didn't know. We didn't know the Lakers had enough shooting to be a really high-level team. So far, you've got Contavious Caldwell-Pope, you've got Danny Green, both shooting high 30s from three. Caldwell-Pope in general, to me, has been better than I thought. Rajon Rondo, he's at 50% from three right now, which is remarkable. Frank Vogel alluded to this in the preseason that people sleep on Rondo's numbers, but he has been a, a much better three-point shooter in recent years than he was early in his career when he's pretty damn good. Uh, Kuzma, AD, LeBron, mid-30s, they could even be better, I think. The Lakers as a team, though, in the top half in the NBA in three-point shooting, and that's all they have to be. The way they defend, and we'll get to that in a second, they don't have to be an elite three-point shooting team. They just have to be pretty good. And they are. So that's been somewhat unexpected. Now, Dwight Howard, here's the other wild card that I was talking about uh, in that clip from earlier. It was impossible to enter this situation with the Lakers believing anything you heard from Dwight Howard. Because by Dwight's own admission, he said it all before, right? He said this type of stuff before. And forget about all the stuff that's been reported about him for a second, about being a bad teammate and not committed to winning, all that stuff. Here is all you need to know about Dwight Howard. In the 17-18 season, that was just two years ago, Dwight played 81 games for Charlotte. So he was healthy, right? No back problems, no issues there. He averaged almost 17 points. He averaged 12 and a half rebounds. He blocked a couple of shots per game. And that offseason, only the Wizards wanted to sign him. That tells you everything you needed to know 
about Dwight Howard at the time. This is a former Defensive Player of the Year coming off a healthy and highly productive season, and only the Wizards wanted to give him that crappy deal. That says everything. Now, to Dwight's credit, he has done everything he said he was going to do in the preseason. His numbers, way down, as you expect, but he's rebounding a little bit, he's blocking shots, and the Laker defense is a top three defense, and Dwight has been a pretty significant part of it, playing about 20 minutes per game for the Lakers. So he has been much better than I thought he was going to be uh, back in September. Now, finally, Frank Vogel. Now, if you know anything about my thoughts on Frank Vogel, I have always believed in him. That's not Monday morning quarterbacking here. Read anything I've written about Vogel since his early days in Indiana. I have believed he's a good coach, maybe better than that. I didn't think Orlando was really his fault. Ultimately, the blame does lie with the coach, but he had one really normal year in Orlando with a bad team, and then new uh, management comes in. The people that hired him uh, were fired, and that changes everything within that organization. So I think that was doomed to fail from the end of the first season on. But he has been, uh, uh, as you expect, right there. I mean, he's connected with LeBron. I mean, that's a big part of this too. Read the story I wrote uh, in the preseason, or uh, when I went to visit the Lakers in the preseason. I published, I think, in uh, November. It, it was a deep dive, really, on coaching LeBron James. The biggest takeaway I had from talking to former coaches of LeBron is that LeBron has to respect your mind and your work ethic. And Frank's got both those things. He's got a great basketball mind, and he has an incredible work ethic. That comes from his days as a video coordinator, having to rise the ranks uh, the hard way. There's a lot of Eric Spolster, really, in Frank Vogel, and we know how that worked out with LeBron in Miami. Now, Frank doesn't have the cachet of a former player, but he has been a grinder since day one. Now, my only current skepticism of the Lakers, and that's been you know, removed a little bit in the last few days, the schedule has been relatively soft for them. I think you look at the schedule in November, not great overall. December, it's tough, and the Lakers players have admitted. They've looked at December and said, this is going to be a really tough month. 12 games in the month of December against likely playoff teams. And now they've already beaten two of them. They beat Denver and Utah on the road in back-to-backs. That's really hard. Those are two of the toughest places in the league to play and one of the toughest back-to-backs that you're going to have. I saw Jared Dudley tweet out uh, this week, that, you know, has it, do we still, have we still not played anybody yet? So, yes, the Lakers are starting to play somebody. And if they play like this, uh, I'll be all in on the Lakers as a true contender. This month is just kind of their their real barometer, I think, for their success. But right now, I'll say this. I have flipped. You know, if you ask me the same question that Dan Patrick asked me earlier uh, in the year, before the preseason even started, if I thought the Lakers were more likely to miss the playoffs and win a championship, I say they're far more likely to win a championship. I don't know where they finish in the standings, but as long as they're healthy with LeBron and AD and that team behind it, the way they played, they're a true championship contender. Now, the word I used there was healthy. And this is another part of the Lakers' dynamic this season. Load management has to be a thing for them. I know it's a phrase nobody wants to hear and it pisses people off who buy tickets, who watch games on TV that want to see LeBron and and Anthony Davis and all the stars in the league play the max amount of games. But LeBron's in his mid-30s. I think you have to give him between 7 and 12 games off during the season. Maybe it's on back-to-back situations. Maybe you see an easy game on the schedule, a trip to, I don't know, New York uh, or someplace like that, and you say, let's let's give him that night off. But I think he needs a rest. Similarly, Anthony Davis, 
who has the shoulder issue. I mean, that's something he's talked about. I think you want to give him between five and ten games off during the season. I may, again, maybe it's the back-to-backs. Maybe you cherry-pick a game here or there. But I think you have to embrace load management if you're the Lakers because what we've seen this season, it tells you that if they're healthy, they're a threat. And is there a player in the league that you'd want to go up against less than LeBron and I guess include Anthony Davis in that mix in the postseason? The, there's no super team anymore. It's a two-star league. And I, you know, I love Kawhi with the Clippers, with Paul George, and there's some other teams out there with two stars. But LeBron, healthy and rested. Anthony Davis, healthy and rested. Now, that's that's... That could be the team to beat in the NBA. So I, I think they've got to, at some point, s- uh, throttle these guys down, maybe cough up a game or two, maybe it cost them seeding. But remember, when LeBron was with Cleveland, did seeding even matter? It, it didn't. Like, they finished one year, I think, as the four seed and went back to the NBA Finals. So seeding to them is not really, to LeBron anyway, has not been all that consequential. I don't think it's going to be consequential for the Lakers. I, I know people don't like it, but it's it's one of those things where I think you've got to to kind of embrace it. This is it. We've got an Amex Platinum Pro on our hands, ladies and gentlemen. We haven't seen anyone relax like this before in the Centurion Lounge. Is he connecting to complimentary Wi-Fi? Oh, my. Look at that. He is. And you will not believe where he's going next. The Amex dedicated card member entrance for the win. Unbelievable. When you get travel perks with Amex Platinum, you're part of the action. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. The 2024 presidential campaign features two candidates who are very well known to Americans. And yet there's complexity at every turn. Criminal trials for one of those candidates. Young voters who are angry. The Campaign Moment podcast from The Washington Post gives you what matters. I'm Aaron Blake, and I'm covering my 10th election cycle. My colleagues and I have insights that you won't find anywhere else. So follow the Campaign Moment right now, wherever you're listening. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. The Nikki Glaser Podcast. Her roast of Tom Brady stole the show. Now she's talking about it on the latest episode of the Nikki Glaser Podcast. I said, tell Tom Brady that I'm the Tom Brady of roasting. Lots of people roasted the goat, but only Nikki is still being talked about. Every time I refresh my DMs, it's 14 blue check marks of people I didn't even know who knew me are writing like paragraphs to me. Hear that in all episodes of the Nikki Glaser Podcast on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Open your free iHeart app and search the Nikki Glaser Podcast to start listening. All right, question number two. Isaiah Friedman, he asked via email, what are you hearing about David Fisdale's job security? All right, well, being honest, I am a little surprised that Fisdale is still employed by the Knicks right now. As I record this, they've lost seven in a row, most recently a 44-point loss to Milwaukee. This weekend, they start a four-game road trip out west. They go through Portland and Carmelo. Uh, that's not going to go well. And honestly, this is not a team that's looked good at all at any point in time during the season. They've got a couple of wins over Dallas, which makes some Knicks fans happy because of all the Porzingis stuff, I guess, but that's really been the high point of the season. They get beat by good teams. They get beat by bad teams. I don't think that Fisdale 
ever really had this Knicks locker room. Now, go back to the home opener against Boston. They were lifeless in the second half of that game. Of the home opener, that right there told me this was going to be a brutal season. It made me think that Fisdale did not have the ear of this group or the true respect of this group. But to be clear, most of this isn't David Fisdale's fault. I think it's alarming that he might not survive a second season in his second head coaching stint, and I do think he might be doing some damage with how he's coaching Kevin Knox and how he's used him, but this roster, it just doesn't work. You need a point guard to win in the NBA. Almost every team does, and the Knicks don't have one. You need guys that fit, and the Knicks are a team of power forwards. You need to make free throws, and the Knicks don't. This is on Steve Mills and on Scott Perry. They couldn't get the stars this offseason. No Durant, no Kawhi, no Kyrie Irving. And then they filled out the roster with pieces that don't make the most sense. If this road trip goes as bad as I think it will, I would be surprised if Fisdale survives it. If when they come back home, if he's still the coach. I don't know who you replace him with or what they're thinking there. Keith Smart, Caleb Canales on the bench. They have head coaching experience. Mike Miller, he did a pretty good job as a head coach in the G League. So there's that. Don't rule out Mark Jackson either, by the way, something I've said and written before. But I really don't know what to tell Knicks fans here. James Dolan isn't going anywhere. He's not selling the team. He's not shown any willingness to remove Steve Mills from basketball decision-making roles. And I take no pleasure in, in hammering Mills. He's a good guy. And I think that someone that he is someone that I think in the right capacity could help an organization. But he's not a top basketball guy. There is not a team in the league that would even consider him to be a GM. I don't think there's a team in the league that would consider him in any basketball ops role. He's miscast here. And Scott Perry, he's experienced, but he hasn't really distinguished himself in a top basketball role either. So unless they are prepared to act like a 21st century franchise, to hire the right top guy and let that person fill out his or her staff with the best possible people, analytics and otherwise... This won't get better. It just won't. I, I have no reason to be optimistic about the Knicks turning things around. R.J. Barrett looks like a good player. Mitchell Robinson has played like a good player. Maybe Knox can squeeze something out of him. Maybe that gives you a semi-foundation. But there's there's nothing in this group that makes you think the Knicks are on the right path to long-term success. And and I don't know what to tell Knicks fans otherwise. All right, let's uh, look over at Boston. I, and I'll just throw together several tweets here about my comments on the Celtics needing a big band. And by the way, this is peak Twitter. You know, Celtics fans going after me for being anti-Boston is just like a, a, a mind-boggling thing right there because the, I get criticized everywhere else for being way too pro-Celtic most of the time. The Celtics this year have been one of the better surprises, no doubt about that. You know, you've got Jason Tatum, Jalen Brown, Marcus Smart. They're playing better basketball this year. I think Brown right now should be the one getting all-star consideration. He has been really good on both ends of the floor for the Celtics after getting that contract. And smart move by the Celtics in in tying him up to that contract. There was a lot of money, but if this kind of continues for Jalen Brown over the course of a season and he makes the all-star team, somebody out there would have given him a max deal. Just because free agency next summer is not good, and we have seen teams out there overextend for players. I mean, when... The Nets did it for a couple of different guys. It was Tyler Johnson, Otto Porter, and you know I, I think a team out there would have given Jalen Brown a max contract. Tatum's averaging more than 20. I, I do think he needs to be a more efficient scorer. He still gets a little bit too happy in the mid-range. The shooting numbers overall aren't great, but I think he's going to eventually 
get better. I think he will get better and become uh, more of the alpha of that team. Uh, Marcus Smart is the heart and soul of that group. He has been excellent defensively and making some three-point shots as well. Kemba Walker has fit right in, which is no surprise there given who he is and the type of player he is. The front court, Grant Williams was a very good pick for them in the first round. He's been a player and a factor for them. Uh, you've got Daniel Tice, who's been pretty good. Ennis Cantor, when he's been healthy, has been pretty good. Robert Williams, eh, hot and cold, you know, a little bit. I think they need more out of Robert Williams. My point with the Celtics needing a big man is more of a compliment to all these other guys. I think they've got every piece in place, kind of one through four, to be a championship team. I don't think, though, they can win at the highest level with Tice, Grant Williams, Robert Williams, Ennis Cantor as their front court. There are too many teams in their conference with top-level big men. I mean, Philadelphia has been a mixed bag this year for sure, but they've got Joel Embiid. That's someone you have to account for if you're Boston. Look over at Milwaukee. You got Brooke Lopez, Robin Lopez, Giannis playing the five spot uh, on some lineups. I think you've got to go out there and search for one more big man to make that happen. And I can tell you from being around that franchise a lot, they know it. They're aware of it. They need another big man. I don't think they want to give up a lot for him. I think they'd like to do it either via the buyout market where they can get a guy for nothing, or if they can find someone to take, say, Tice and a draft pick because they still have a few more of those left over, I think that's something they'd be willing to part with. I don't think they want to break up the core to get a big man, but if they can find someone to take Tice and a pick for a reasonable big man, I think they jump on it. I mean, the, there are obvious targets out there. I mean, Clint Capella is someone I know they've got their eye on. Marcus Gasol, I think, is somebody they'd love to get their hands on, at least they have in the past. But Toronto, they're playing great. We'll get to them in uh, in just a minute. But if there's another big man out there available, trust me, Boston is going to make a play for that big man. I think they probably wish they had gone a little harder after Robin Lopez this offseason. I think he'd be a perfect fit for what they need, that sort of physical inside presence. But if somebody like him is available before the end of the season, I think you've got to... And I think you got to make a run if you're boss. I think they know it too. I think given how wide open the NBA is this year, the conferences this year, I think you've got to do everything you can to get a big man into that mix. There's no distance too far for the perfect trip. Hi, checking in for or the perfect table. Hey, where are you coming? And when you get access to Resi Priority Notify with your Amex Platinum card, hey, this looks amazing. I'm so glad you made it and travel benefits at fine hotels and resorts booked through Amex Travel, it's worth the trip. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. The 2024 presidential campaign features two candidates who are very well-known to Americans. And yet, there's complexity at every turn. Criminal trials for one of those candidates. Young voters who are angry. The Campaign Moment podcast from The Washington Post gives you what matters. I'm Aaron Blake, and I'm covering my 10th election cycle. My colleagues and I have insights that you won't find anywhere else. So follow the campaign moment right now, wherever you're listening. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off, grand slam, or a base hit to center field. 
Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. The Nikki Glaser Podcast. Her roast of Tom Brady stole the show. Now she's talking about it on the latest episode of the Nikki Glaser Podcast. I said, tell Tom Brady that I'm the Tom Brady of roasting. Lots of people roasted the goat, but only Nikki is still being talked about. Every time I refresh my DMs, it's 14 blue check marks of people I didn't even know who knew me are writing like paragraphs to me. Hear that in all episodes of the Nikki Glaser Podcast on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Open your free iHeart app and search the Nikki Glaser Podcast. To start listening. All right, Sean writes on Twitter with Kawhi gone and the Raptors doing so well. Now that Lowry's back, what are the odds for the Raptors in the East? Surprises, Raptors are at the top of that list. I mean, we knew coming into the season that there was a chance that they'd be able to survive the Kawhi Leonard loss to be pretty good. All you have to do is go back to last year and look at their record. They were 17 and 5 in the games that Kawhi didn't play. And this group, you know, almost entirely came back and the younger guys had another year to get better. I'm talking about Pascal Siakam. I'm talking about Fred Van Vliet, Van Vliet, OG Ananobi, who missed all postseason uh, last year with that, uh, uh, with the, the appendix situation. They've got a bunch of young guys that had another year of seasoning and another year to get better. And in enhanced roles, they have been really good. Uh, I have been, since the second game of the season, driving the Pascal Siakam for MVP bandwagon. I don't know if he's there yet, but look at the numbers he's putting up right now. And look at the record of this team. If Kawhi Leonard was doing the exact same thing, you'd be talking about Kawhi, or, about Kawhi Leonard for MVP. No Kawhi. Lowry down for extended stretches. Serge Ibaka just came back from an injury. He's been doing this with guys out there that he shouldn't be winning at this level with and winning some some good games. Beat the Lakers with without those guys. Beat a couple other teams that were in the playoff mix. A few other teams in the playoff mix without those guys. So I'm, I'm a big believer in Pascal Siakam. I think he should be considered as a top five MVP player right now. And if the season continues to go like the Raptors hope it will, and if they wind up as like the number two seed in the Eastern Conference, hell yes, uh, Pascal Siakam deserves consideration Nick Nurse has been awesome with this team just brilliant with his play calling the three-point shooting has been the best in the league up until this point Uh, so things are clicking for the Raptors right now if I had any concerns I would say does the shooting hold up over the long term because I think they really need that shooting to be a top 10 offense in the NBA defensively they're top five I think they can continue to be that level of defense but offensively I think they need to uh be a great shooting team to be effective over the long term. So uh, that that's a bit of a question mark there. But overall, there's no reason to believe the Raptors can't compete in the conference. Again, like I said with the Lakers, no super teams out there. You got Philadelphia, who's struggling um, a little bit. You know, been hot and cold, especially offensively. Boston has weaknesses. Uh, these other teams in the middle of the pack have weaknesses. And as Siakam continues to improve, and I think he will, they're going to be a threat. They're going to be a real threat. So I'm, I'm buying into the Raptors as a threat. What are the odds? I mean, I still think you have to put Milwaukee as the team to beat because even though they've, they're still trying to replace uh, Malcolm Brogdon, they're playing great basketball. And Giannis is putting up some like Shaq MVP years type numbers. But if they scuffle a little bit or they suffer an injury, the Raptors to me look like the most consistent team based on last year and, and how they played without Kawhi as the team that 
that could jump in. All right, let's do one more uh, from the uh, mailbag here. Uh, I got an email, a longer email. I won't read the whole thing to you from uh, Tavon Blackman about Markel Fultz. Uh, Tavon, obviously very happy. Last 10 games, he points out, Fultz averaging about 14 points, close to five assists, shooting 80% from the line, 51% from the field. Uh, are you a believer, Tavon asks, in Markel Fultz's potential upside? And he has already done better than Lonzo Ball, who has been a disappointment. I think he was trying to ask, has he done better than Lonzo Ball, who has been a disappointment? Lonzo has been banged up. I'm not going to make any judgments on Lonzo as a Pelican at this point. But I am a believer in Markel Fultz. I thought at the time of the trade to Orlando, he landed in the best possible situation. He went from being the number one pick in the draft in a high-pressure market like Philadelphia to being kind of just another guy in a low-pressure market like Orlando. That right there, it was the perfect scenario for for Fultz to try to get himself back into the mix. And this is a good time to to talk about Fultz a little bit, because not just because we're at the, the quarter point of the season, but because Fultz recently played his 20th game, which is officially the most games he has played in his season to date. He overall, you heard some of the numbers recently, but he's averaging uh, 12 points, four assists per game. He's a starter uh, with the the Magic right now. For people listening, everybody kind of knows Fultz's story, but he played in 33 games in his first two seasons. He had the injuries. Uh, there was talk of the mental stuff. Would he ever get past all that? Or would he become like baseball's version of Rick Ankeel, uh at some point? But he has gotten past a lot of it. And you watch him, and you see a lot of the stuff you saw when he was at Washington. You see the athleticism. That's still there. But he's also showing a pretty diverse offensive game. He's making mid-range shots. He's making fadeaways. Uh, the team overall, look at the plus-minuses. They are better with him on the floor. They're almost four points better with him on the floor by virtue of the the plus-minus. So he has proven himself to be a solid NBA starter at this point. But I think you have to look at Fultz like he's a rookie. And think about it. He's only 21 years old. He won't be 22 until next May. He's already showing mental toughness. He's already shown anyway, mental toughness, getting past all those things that happen in Philadelphia. And again, he is in the right situation. Steve Clifford is a terrific developmental coach. Go back and look at some of the things that Kemba Walker had to say about Steve Clifford when Kemba was a young guy trying to make the jump into the elite level. Kemba loved Steve Clifford, did a great, and Steve Clifford did a great job with Kemba Walker. But if you look at Fultz, you got to take the same position. Play the long game here. You know, the Magic, you know, maybe they're a playoff team this year, probably a playoff team this year, but who cares? I think it would be great getting some of those young guys more playoff experience. But with Fultz, it's all about two, three years down the line, and what type of player is he going to turn into? He's still not a three-point threat at this point, though he is taking about two threes per game, which is encouraging, speaks to his confidence right now as a three-point shooter. Uh, so I- I'm I'm all for I'm buying in on Markel Fultz. I'm not sure yet what the ceiling is, but can he be a top 10 NBA point guard? Yeah, maybe it's the back half of the top 10, but I think he can. You got to remember, he was... When he came into the draft, I mean, it was it was a lock that he was going to be the number one pick, or at least to Philadelphia it was. I mean, they traded up, gave away a draft pick to trade up, kept passing the possibility of drafting another point guard in Lonzo Ball, though they probably would have to jump up over the Lakers as well, but passed on Jason Tatum, who turned out to be a really good player in, uh, in Boston. They bought into him all the way. So if he can fulfill like 80, 85% of that potential, he's, he's going to be a really good player in this league. So I, I love what I've seen 
from Markel Fultz. Flying into the radar, doing a solid job now, and I think as he continues to grow, is going to be even better uh, down the line. All right. Well, thanks for uh, listening to this version of the podcast. If you have questions you want to send in, maybe we'll do the mailbag again a little bit further down the lines. Mailbag at gmail.com or as always send in your tweets at si chris mannix if you listen to this podcast head over to apple Podcasts, maybe post a comment and leave a rating it's uh very easy to do and that certainly helps make sure that we keep doing this podcast this type of podcast week after week all right we'll see everybody next week At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. MTV's official Challenge podcast is back for another season. And so are we. I'm Tori Deal. And I'm Anissa Ferreira. The wait is over, guys. All Stars 4 is finally here. And this season takes it to a whole new level. Old school legends, modern power players, and ex-lovers are all competing in Cape Town, South Africa for the prize of $300,000. And we're going to be right here along with you fans covering every episode on the podcast. Listen to MTV's official challenge podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith, host of the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday at the very least as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and I answer your phone calls and respond to your tweets. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions and straight-shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. All that and more. So listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Hannah Storm, and my new podcast, NBA DNA with Hannah Storm, chronicles my six decades in professional basketball, from growing up in the sport to becoming one of sports TV's first female broadcasters. Join me as I dig deep into the game's history, unearth some wild stories, and talk to my friends from the world of basketball, from Dr. J to Charles Barkley. It's been a wild ride, and now I get to take you with me. Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Storm on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.